You're listening to the Unreasonable Fridays Podcast Network. Oh, good! You know, I must really feel empowered or like the generic pigs and goats that you kill in the open world. Like, yeah, real talk. No, in Shadowbringers, there's no pigs and goats. You're literally fighting. Uh, yeah. Is there is there a basic there's, there's no base there's no basic enemy that you encounter to just like start uh, playing the game. No, the basic enemies change per area and per level. Throw out throw out a basic enemy. I've never played it. So give me a basic enemy then. I can't tell. I've watched people play it, but I don't know what Right, they're, they're, that's just it. So they give so for each for each area and each section, because the map has different sections. So for each of the different sections on each map, there's a different group of enemies and they all have and and that are different levels from the other one. So you have a different set of enemies every two to three levels. Oh, okay. So there's not really a basic enemy. Um, and of course, like in the starting area, you go from fighting things and like bugs to like and like crocodiles to fighting like um, aberrant monsters in another area. Oh, that's why the music is like this because you're always rumbling and that's it. You're always in a tussle. The enemies keep changing. You're always tussling. Tussle right. music. Every time you step out the house, different niggas want smoke. Everybody wants smoke. Right. 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 Cool. It's- All right. Smoke music. Yeah, but this is just but like each expansion has different battle music. Oh, I imagine. And so when I started fighting in Shadow, when Shadowbringers came out and I started fighting, I was like, I was shocked. I was like, there's guitars. (laughs) (laughs) Where'd they come from? What is happening here? Like, I was just running. I was and in Final Fantasy XIV, you don't fight monsters to level. You just fight them for quests. They're mostly there to like get in the way. (laughs) <laughs> they're mostly there to be annoying like to slow you down um but I just started fighting monsters after monsters just to keep the battle music going Slap <laughs> so hard like I don't understand why they have like like now like why do they have proper left to right beat em up music for this MMO is beyond me like I'm not saying to change it don't change a thing, but now everything should have this music. Right. This should be playing in the supermarket. You walk into Safeway. Yeah. Welcome to Safeway. Forty percent off all baked goods. Please inquire in the baked goods section. <laughs> Like between Bayonetta and that, I just don't know what to do with my life. Yeah. All and right. then, oh yeah. Oh, you know what? Hold on. Okay, fine. Go ahead, Welcome to another episode of ADD Space. I'm your host, Aaron Rand Freeman, but the real host is here. The most delicious name in podcasting, Elise Bacon. Bacon! Hello! 
How are you? How are you holding up? Oh, Happy New Year! Oh, yeah, Happy New Year! We haven't done a show in a year. Happy, 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 happy New Year! Happy, 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 happy New Year! As everything sets on fire! Oh, we're fine. It's fine. It's World War Three. It's fine. World War Three for no good reason. Yeah, I don't... I don't know if we're going down that tangent. It's not really a tangent. Not in a good place. We're gonna skip over that. Yeah, we're just I this this is a show where we we do talk about serious things, but This is not the episode. For the most, for the most part, unless it involves I like I my favorite kinds of um unless it involves identity politics that are, are within my lane. I you I would rather just talk about video games. Right. <laughs> because I'm tired. Right. Tired. We should we should celebrate something that's not on fire. Right. And by celebrating something on fire, we have we are gonna do the thing. Um that thing everyone was doing before they were going over there. Best games of the decade. Um Bacon is better at this than I am because I believe time is a flat trilinear circle shaped like a chicken. And I don't remember anything I've played after 2009 because I noticed that was the year where Lords of Shadow and Lord, yeah, Lords of Shadow and Mass Effect 2 came out. And I remember that year specifically because I was like, Mass Effect 2 would be my game of the year if Castlevania didn't come and tackle it, smash it through a plate glass window and establish dominance all year. Um, but after that year, it became a mashup of sales and backwards compatibility and remasters and sales and game and backlog and adulthood. And basically, since the basically this last generation of consoles, everything has just kind of moved to like streaming and like rehashing and bringing back old content. And then there's been a great huge boom of like indie game developing and it's a lot's happened in the last 10 years of games. And honestly, when we have, you know, the kid, the games that we used to play as kids also suddenly accessible and all these backlogs and sales and we can buy any game at any time and play it on any system. Yeah. There, it's, it's a lot to keep track of. There are games that I get on sale that I have no idea of their rich history. Like I just got um sundered because it was um from the folks that made Yotun. And I enjoyed Yotun mostly I enjoyed the art style. So to see a Metroidvania, I saw the the sign, the the style, Black Lady. I downloaded like ten bucks and realizing that that was a 2017 PlayStation 4 release. And I was like, and it also came out this year quietly, like in the beginning of this year. So I'm like, when did I even, how? So I would have said that's one of my favorite games of the year, but it's from three years ago or two years ago or earlier this year. And when it comes to me, I am just going to pull names out of a randomly generated pool of games that I enjoyed, whether they are, what year they are, I could not tell you. Maybe Bacon will look them up. Maybe I might look them up. But I don't know. And if they're not in this decade, please feel free to tweet at me. Um, yell slurs and obscenities. Um, you can challenge my gamerhood and my blackness. Any number of things. Just just get it. Just like, think toxic. 
but we're just gonna start with bacon bacon throw Wait, throw a game out there we're starting with you oh because you weren't paying attention of course not start game <laughs> decade since you're the one that knows all the time and all the games you got it Wait, now you you're just throwing stuff at me. You, like, I can't. You know, this is, time. This is what? The, listen, Bacon. What? Just write your name and write your name backwards in in cursive. Just cursive right now with your left hand. Right now, just do it, Bacon. Actually, I don't. I don't think I can physically do that. You can do that. Of course, you can do that. You can also no, write down I, the name of your favorite. Write down the name of one of your favorite games from the past ten years backwards in cursive with your left hand right now. Do it. You got it. Bacon. Ah! Bacon. I can't handle it. Anywho, while Bacon composes himself, I would like to point to the infinite glories of the most problematic game I truly enjoy, which is Bayonetta. I was reminded because they're re-releasing it in February of this year. Um, that and Vanquish, the double the two game, two game pa- platinum game package, tenth anniversary. And I was reminded of how much I love, love and adore Bayonetta. So deeply problematic. So problematic. That woman is eighty five percent legs, thirty five percent titty, and I forgot that her clothes. Two hundred percent hair. Her her whole her clothes are just hair. Otherwise, she'd be walking around naked. She just has magic hair that she's using to form her cat suit, and high and high heels with the rocket launchers in them. Right, and her hair also attacks people. So uh, when she attacks people, she loses some of her clothing. Yes, I I she has a super attack where she then sends her hair into the next dimension where it comes out as any number of monsters. While the camera conveniently misses all of the good bits because she's naked. Striking a pose while you're getting bitten apart by a T-Rex made of her magic hair that was also her cat suit. And she may or may not be, like, sucking on a lollipop while this is all happening. It's deeply problematic. I'm fully aware. Again, you can tweet at me. That's ANS Freeman if you'd like to I also love the fact that while she's doing this, she's also doing... She's also voguing or doing stripper moves. Yes. And sometimes it's, like, a combination of both. Yes. Yes. But yeah, like one of her attacks, she's literally voguing while her hair is like going, and this is gonna stab through your heart, and this hair is gonna stab through your heart, and this hair is gonna like pull your head off. But we're voguing. Right. Right. I love it. It's still one of my favorite games. It. It's it's such an amazing game. <laughs> I'm not one. I'm not one to do this because usually I tend to separate games. I pull games apart from each other. I'm not really one of those people. But I will say that Bayonetta damaged my ability to play everything else like it. Um, for a long time. Um, yeah. I I was never able to get back into Devil May Cry because of Bayonetta. And how pleasantly ridiculous and delightful it was to play her game. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Bayonetta, y'all. It comes out in February. It's also backwards compatible if you have an Xbox, I believe. It's deeply problematic if you play it. Um, again, you feel free to argue with me on the internet. I am probably a fake many things. 
um, because I enjoy Bayonetta so, so much. But that's... It's, it's it, like, the game is just, like, the gameplay is super fun. Like, the music is great. The story is ridiculous and really fun while still also being deeply problematic. Like, the game is so much fun while being deeply problematic. It's just, like... Right. And, it, and it's a level of problematic that, like, you can't ignore because the game just throws it in your face. Right. Like, like, you just can't, but, like, the game is just so fun, so you're sitting there just going, like, well, fuck. Right. Let me get this combo off and twirl. Right. As <laughs> I, was, I, I, I was about styling on people, too. So, yes, I was, in fact, you know, I was, in fact, um, about hitting my combos, and then while enemies were being killed and stuff by something else, I would, in fact, do a little um, twerk towards the camera because that's... How you're supposed to play the game, really, if you're not trying to weave in the sexiest dance moves into your combat, then you're not actually playing bed and bayonetta to the best of your ability. And yeah, I don't care, though. Fight me. Don't you get graded on style finishes? Yes, you do. You have to use all your moves, including all your dance moves, all your counters, everything. You have to humiliate everyone. Yes. Yes, it's great. Oh, I want her glasses. Right. Somebody needs to just get me those frames so I can put custom, so I can put lenses into them. I mean, actually, I wonder if bayonetta, bayonetta glasses are a thing. It has been a decade. I've, you'd think it took forever for like even like there to be cosplay-based ones that weren't official. Uh, they work. They, they're on Etsy. Yeah, you can them. buy them. Yeah, you can buy bayonetta glasses. I need them. There is that. All right. Throw out a name. Now that you're paying attention, now that you're locked in, now that you're ready, now that you're with us, you are ready. Bacon. Okay. So my now. game isn't of this decade, but I'm going to count that it's of this decade. That's because the whole a... point of time. Because... Who cares? But they did a re-release, so I'm going to say it counts, but I'm not going to talk about the re-release. Try linear like... circles, Bacon. What are circles? Time is a trilinear circle shaped like a chicken. However, I'll allow it this time. What game is this? Well, Bayonetta was 2009, so... Oh, yeah. Well, fuck that. That's still part of the decade. <laughs> Wait. 2009 is part of... Okay. 2009 is part of the decade. I'm also, going like a, for 2000... This, this conversation started in 2019, so it's still part of the decade there. I said it. Go on. Well, <laughs> we're going to add two more years onto that decade. And I'm going to go into the last greatest game made for PlayStation 2. What game is that? Odin Sphere. Uh... Odin Sphere is the best game ever. Um, it's also made by one of my favorite companies, although they only come out with a game like every four or five years, I swear to God. They do have another game coming out soon. It's coming out on Switch. Um, I'm patiently 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 not patiently waiting for it um it's by the studio vanillaware and it is called uh 13 sentinels um aegis rim and oh no it did re initial it did release finally it released in november oh well, there you go thank god i need it i need oh, it now go. 
No, then you're already on it, then. You're good. Do it. Do the thing. Oh, it came out on PS4. It was supposed to come out on Switch. I forgot. But yes, I need to buy it. However, Odin Sphere was the first game that I remember that, that they had come out with. And again, like I said, it was on it was on PS2. It came out towards the end of the PS2 era. And it is a side-scrolling um, RPG. Yeah, it's an RPG side-scroller. Full right. art with like some of the most beautiful artwork I had ever seen. It also, the artwork was so intense though that it would make the PS2 lag. The PS2 could like the frame rates couldn't handle the amount of details. Yes, it did not handle it well. No. Uh, because of it, it had it was one of the games that actually had like it had background, several midgrounds, and then a foreground. Right. And each each one would actually move and was layered on top of each other. And then you had enemies and there would be sprites and there are potions that you could craft. And there was like a whole food system, which would like actually raise your character's level up. But your character also had levels and powers that could power up and each. And it was basically five stories within one story right so you had this like the the opening of the game would be this little girl with this cat and she would just like pick up this book and start reading the book and starting to read that book it would it would tell one character's story so you would have to play through that character's story through the end and then another book would appear with a new character and at and by by the third character, you really realize that all the characters' stories are intertwined in a way. And there's actually um, a legend. And if you access your menu, you can actually see all the stories, and you can kind of you actually can see them mapped out how they overlap. Right. But then there's then there's endings there's kind of like secret endings right which is there were four was it four or five i want to say because there were five characters so there were five bosses so there are five bosses and you have to pair off each character correctly with each boss mm -hmm. and you could do that if you knew the story and the legends correctly if you had the full collection of the prophecy you right. could pair each character with each boss. Huh. So you could you could literally square up the correct endings by squaring right. up the right. Okay. Right, and then defeating it, and they were really hard. Oh, I remember that game. That game was so involved that I I had a I, I was not the best person. I remember I was playing a lot of Call of Duty at the time, and other games, other competitive games, so. I specifically know for a fact that I would I had played the game and I was like mm, fuck this because it was too hard and I didn't have the patience for it like I would normally like if I bought the game yesterday I would have more patience for it and understand it better. It definitely one of those games that I will be getting again because I know that I let one slip through my finger. I remember I owned it. I actually went through the process the um through the effort of trying to acquire a copy when it was difficult to find one. And then I wound up, I think, trading it in or giving it, selling it to a friend because I was um, young and, um, yeah, we'll just say uninformed, not worldly. We'll, we'll say that.
Okay, and I, I just, I, I wasn't losing my mind. It, it just, uh, 13 Sentinels has not come out in the States. It came out in Japan in 2019. It hasn't come out. The Western, oh, release, is, the Western release is 2020. I did not miss the game I was waiting for. Oh, okay, cool. I mean, if you, I mean, that's kind of the point of being an adult is that games you want are just around. You don't have to worry no, about it. You're, no. What? I mean, for you, yes. But for the way I play games usually is a game comes out that I really want and I play it until the next game I really want comes out. Because usually there's like several months in between. Right. But I also plan out my game, my gameplay for like a year. Yeah. That is a sound idea. I'm a sale monster. So if you give me a game, like I remember when games were flush ninety nine ninety nine. I remember you go to Toys R Us and you get one of those tickets, and that ticket said in big block print ninety nine dollars and ninety nine cents for one Super Nintendo game that was probably like an hour and a half long. And uh, now I've never forgot. Even as a child, I was like, "You do a lot, Mama," and she was like, "Yeah, it is." And so now when you're like new game game 649 i'm like <laughs> so i'm a sales monster i uh, my backlog is ruined because i know what big purchases i want to make from the beginning of the year but then they start sliding in all these sales it's like dudes selling games out of their trunk when you're like in popeyes or whatever you're just sitting there and somebody has slide i don't know this is a new york thing you'd be sitting in certain restaurants certain fast food joints and somebody would be selling sneakers just out of their trunk and you would be like i got these i got these and he'd hold a little paper out and show you what sneakers he's got and if you were interested you'd literally just buy a pair of size 13 jordans out of this gentleman's trunk for 40 percent off market price however he acquired them was not it was not it was above our pay grade as both um uh, uh, seller and consumer so yes i, I hear you i just i just i'm not mm -mm. you're better than me yeah. No, I, I know that the model in which I play games is not followed by most people. Uh, it's funny because I think a lot of people, a lot of, a lot of adults I find are very obsessed with beating the games that they own. And they obsess over it to the point where they just don't buy anything. Because they want to beat the, each game that they own, but beating every game you own is not realistic. Unless oh no, I beat every game I own. Right, that's not realistic though. But... but it, I also buy less games. Right. But there's no reason to. As an adult, you can collect whatever you'd want to collect. It's one of the things. Like I don't even, I'm not even worried about the term. Like I tell people straight up, you can just say you collect games because we collect a bunch of shit we don't use, typically. But when it comes to games, people get in their feelings about not beating the game that they bought. And I'm here well, to tell you, listen, you, you listen to me. Whoever's listening, listen to me. You no. cannot finish a game that you own it is okay if you do not finish a game that you own and you buy another game it is perfectly fine to do that don't worry about it you're an adult spend your money however you want you want to collect three four games finish one do that shit it is well, okay i also mostly play heavy narrative games so not finishing the game means i don't finish the story right so the only only time i don't finish games is when the game annoys me so much I don't care about the story. That's fair. So, 
I want to finish the game that I buy because the game has a narrative and I want to finish the narrative. I want to know what the end of the narrative is mm. before I go on with another one. It's the same with books. I don't start a new book before I finish my last book. Right. Now, other people will start many books and finish many books or not finish some of them in whatever order, but I'm I'm a finish one go to the next but now i do play a lot of games at the same time but the game the other games that i'm playing aren't narrative based or if they are like final fantasy 14 there's no end right so it doesn't matter when i finish right that game will never finish well it will literally never finish all right however if you're listening and you're saying to yourself I'm not buying this game on sale because I already own another game. Own two games. You can have a complex system of why you play or don't play. Or you could not. You could be like, listen, I'm into this shit. Or you could be like me and be like, I remember when games were $117 a cartridge. Be free, America. Be Be free. Be free. Funny thing about this list of games, right? Is like, what happens when a game you like is the byproduct of something of a series of other games that would never have been your game of the decade any year? Like what? Like, like I'm a big fan of like Halo Four, right? Because Halo That's Four cool. is the first Halo game that started acknowledging the existence of the novels, but it wouldn't have been so relevant if Halo One through Three weren't such terrible stories. So it needed the weight of Halo 1, and th- 1, 2, and 3 for us to start, for them to be able to do a game that's almost entirely taken from the books, then for it to be so relevant and really enjoyable personally to me. But it's like... I, I still feel that way about Assassin's Creed. They're just now getting good. Man, that's the truth. Assassin's Creed is... I am, I am the only person that didn't like that Ezio trilogy. It's and- terrible. You know, I, I think the best playing Assassin's Creed game was Liberation, where you played as that that uh, slave, that the daughter of that slave. Yes. Yeah, that was really good. Also, it was just like bite sized There's something about there's something about the Assassin's Creed games that they just finally started hitting their stride. But that was the best one for a long, long time. Yeah. No, until Origins, they were trash. Right, and. Even Origins did that thing. It did that thing where um, the Witcher does it. Did it too, where it's like you're the most powerful man, and you're the most powerful man in the county, except for that level sixty guard over there. He will kick you through your chest and vaporize you. Sorry, bro. Right, for no reason. <laughs> Sorry, bro. <laughs> you wandered off the beaten path. <laughs> those guards, those bandits, and <laughs> fuck your shit up, bro. That shit we were saying about you being the best in the country, we was just fucking around for. You got to keep that shit colloquial, nigga. I don't know what you're doing wandering out there, bro. Those goats kick you, I, bro. I got, I gotta say that was actually like what I liked about Assassin's Creed Odyssey is that they're like, okay, you're getting a little too strong. Niggas have bounties on you. Right, and that's the thing. Odyssey, you let you wander, but if you wander too hard, you just they just started sending things after you organically, like so, like oh, we need to stop this person. Let's provide that. Like we have to do something specific for this person because she is the best, as opposed to just having like 
the mall security be level 85 <laughs> and beat you to death with his flashlight despite your years of training. Right, right. Instead, you're walking down the street and some like bounty hunter's like, what's up? And you're like, oh, shit. It's like the kill Bill of Sirens and the letterboxing. He was like, oh, it's time to, it's time for the smoke, isn't it? And it's like, yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. You, you can either kill me or pay off your bounty. Right. But one of these two things have to happen. Right. And so, like, Assassin's Creed Odyssey would be another one. And its relevance is fueled by the huge mistakes made by other Assassin's Creed. So this is, and I just wonder, how does that, like... It's not objectively number one, like by itself, it's not a game of the decade, but it does, it finally does the things right all at once, then it becomes relevant. You know, you said Halo 4 was the first game to actually have the courage to like make the game more about being on being in outer space than being a Marine. And that scared by the record, everyone. I remember specifically it had such a weird electronic, electronic soundtrack and everybody hated it and they had to roll it back because everyone hated everyone hated the music and the fact that it was mostly about being in a, a, in space it was so weird i loved it but it was good it was so weird but it was good it was just like it was it's always weird when games attempt to establish the fact that the world is bigger than your character and then people are inherently resistant to this like that's all that halo 4 did it was that the world is much larger than master chief he was a stolen child soldier turned into the master chief we're going to address that and the greater larger universe around him and was like no stop right and it's just like you do realize they're all stolen children yes. and there's more than one master chief right like, so. I mean, there's Master Chief, but there's, like, other people who are just as good. Right. And Halo 5, like I said, and as a result, we've that's one of the reasons why Halo 5 and Halo Infinite have this big gap. Because everyone is freaking out about the story, but it's just, like, this is kind of the story from the novels, for one. And it's, like, talking about a larger universe. And it just seemed like this natural resistance to it. The same thing is happening in Gears 5, also because the... um the your main character is um latinx woman but that's a whole other episode but yeah i just i don't know like i said it's a question whether it's the game of the year being the byproduct of some other bungling can the game of the decade can be notable because of the bungling and, all around it and you know that there's also like the game series that like don't actually have many marginal improve that have like such marginal improvements that we wonder why they continue making them like uh like what call of duty yeah we've had over a decade of call of duty and it's basically the same game man man yeah there was one um let's see if it was there was the one in space that i always point out because there was Call of Duty is which is a wall of sound and Mountain Dew that we are likely to miss it if there's something unique happening. Advanced Warfare was special. It was one long take, the whole game. And direct and, and, and artistically that was really good. Like it was like you were a soldier, you were in war, you'd get in your dropship, you'd get in your ship, you'd walk to the desk, they'd tell you about the thing, you'd go to the armor, you'd get your weapons, you'd go to your plane, you'd dock, you'd fly off to where you're going land and do your mission and then get in your plane and fly back and the whole game was the single player game was one long take and you played as mostly people of color um 
in like and you were like this dominant earth force and the resistance was like all like english white folks and they did that it was one long take you played as a you played as a, as a hispanic fellow and then they the one you fought kit harrington he was the evil guy oh yeah that's the one you that, yes evil kit harrington evil kit harrington yes it was not a great story but for in terms of like artistically it was an interesting thing they did because call of duty is always marked by this really jarring dis- disconnect between levels especially the world war ii stuff where you're like all of a sudden you're like you're just storming the beaches of normandy and then when you're done they're like good job soldier and then everything stops and fades and then they just go to the next thing i'm just like sure <laughs> so yes um but yeah otherwise it is a wall of sound and doritos yes that you would yep. miss you would miss it so games of the decade that didn't get better that was call of duty um <laughs> uh, i will say because i'm just like thinking of whatever games that come at the top of my head because we're we're in that realm now mm. i'm gonna say stardew valley game game of decade right the game has been released 17 million times and people have bought it 17 million times they comment I on do- how much they love it each million time they they download I literally have it on all platforms and I have over 200 hours on it. I have at least 200 hours on each platform. As you should. Literally all of them. And it's just such a fucking good game. I, I, I know dude, home dude who made the game did not expect it to take off like it did. <laughs> but he's just like, I'm just a single person who made a game and everybody went apeshit. It's just so good. Oh, I live for Stardew Valley. And like, man, if you guys want Stardew Valley tips, ask Karen from the black guy who tips because she is a Stardew Valley master. <laughs> <laughs> like she's 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 like we're, like if if you could do competitive Stardew Valley, she's like top tier. <laughs> competitive Stardew Valley. She's got like the she's got the whole layouts, like the efficiency layouts down and everything and how to map out your fields and what crops to grow at what time and what to harvest and what to what to mine she's she's got all of that stuff down i'm here for it competitive stardew champion uh kate <laughs> karen morrow of black eye tips I'm trying to think of what other games I have. I, like, I don't know. After you play so many games, you're just like, this game is good. This game is great. This game was terrible. But I don't remember what year they came out. Right. That's the thing. It's, it's, it is a, it is um, a bit of a problem. So I play Silent Hill 2 about once a year. Or Silent Hill 3. I alternate. I don't remember. I know Silent Hill 2 has got to be PlayStation 2 era whatever. Silent Hill 2 and 3 had to be PlayStation 2, but I play them so often that I they come to mind every decade. Dishonored 2. Dishonored 2. Best stealth game ever made. Ever, ever, ever made. Ever made. That's it. It's just the best stealth game ever made. It um, avoids a thing, and it, it's more so because it sticks out in a sea of things that I don't like. Stealth games always, there's a very bad habit of stealth games removing your power when you get caught, which is not the point. Best stealth games, and I always think that if you are choosing to be stealthy, if you are able to literally infiltrate a place, it's just a courtesy. Because if you can literally, 
if you are able to infiltrate massive facilities and castles, you also could conceivably kill everyone in there. You could literally go into the second floor window, dive bomb their pizza party and kill everybody in there. You're just not because you just don't. There's, there's some reason over your head. And Dishonored gave you the option of doing both while rewarding stealth. And it had a proper system in there for if you wanted to skew stealth. And it had, and it just, that system was so rich. Um, yes, please. Dishonored 2 specifically because you can play as all the characters. And the um, expansion Death of the Outsider, which is Black Excellence. Last game of the series starred a black lady, uh, Billy. And uh, yeah, that stuck out. That sticks out to me. But again, something again that comes to mind, like Mirror's Edge. Oh my god, Mirror's Edge! Right. Mirror's Edge is one of my favorite games I've ever, 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 ever played. I do not know what year that came out. Let me look at what year that came out. Because I think I'm looking that, it up right now. Because that came out, there was a period of time, see, 2000, 2008. But I can't tell because it came out um, again. It got, it got Xbox One enhanced for some reason when the Xbox One X came out. So I wound up playing it again in 2017. So I, but these things come to mind specifically because again, they had a whole sequel, Mirror's Edge Catalyst, which tried to make it an open world game and reboot the series and didn't do it well. And whitewashed the her heroine. Right. So it makes the first one stick out more. It's the same reason why Dead Space 3 makes Dead Space 1 look better because Dead Space 3 was a strange co-op type of deal which then illuminates dead space one which comes to mind again because the game was released in backwards compatible it was made backwards compatible so you play i played it again years ago like i said it's a trilinear circle this is a difficulty in doing this no it really is like i feel like i have to walk over to my shelf to see what games are on my right. shelf <laughs> right. it's so far away Now I have to get up and look. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so I looked, mm -hmm. and it was marginally helpful. Well, while <laughs> you were looking, um, the Tomb Raider reboot, um, I loved all three of those games, even though the third one was a little problematic, but I loved all three. I oh, loved man, the proper... the first one was so good. Uh, the first one was very good. I, I really enjoyed all three of those and yeah it was so good i re i just like the reboot itself was just absolutely phenomenal like it just changed the in it, it just made a game that wasn't serious into a into a game that was serious and something to be taken seriously it wasn't just ridiculousness and giant tits right um it had it i'm not gonna lie like just it was fun to be the angel of death in that setting with that character it was it was a campaign of targeted violence against very in the first game against various mercenaries that did not specifically ask to be there they they were trapped on the I remember they were trapped on an island because it's a mystical storm that strands everybody. But it did not keep me from murdering. <laughs> it well, didn't... maybe they weren't trying to kill us in the first place. Well, that's the thing. I remember like they initially they did the thing. I liked it because I just I get a kick out of that type of stuff because that's the type of stuff they do with um 
uh that's what they do with like when dudes are the lead um they'll be like well one mercenary pulled a knife on you so all 694 of these mercenaries are also going to pull a knife on you if you don't rocket launch them all on site and they did the same thing you met the first wave of terrible mercenaries one made an unwanted sexual advance Lara got free killed him had her moment of contemplation and then proceeded to kill 791 mercenaries to follow up right right my favorite is just like no i killed a person and then from then on just murder like murder just covered in blood she's swimming through blood she's sitting on a throne of bones right and then by the second one she's just full mercenary just 1v1ing wild animals it doesn't make a difference like if you just it's just it's just all the smoke you could possibly get and she just never looked back and i appreciate i appreciate the quality the graphics the music the acting and the fact that lara croft is just an unashamed unabashed buzzsaw of an individual right kill everyone Right. No, it's great because it's she's basically murder princess. That was what I used yes. to call her, murder princess. Yes. Yes, she is definitely princess murder. murder princessing the fuck out of everything, just nonstop. It it was just amazing. But I I still love, I will never get past the no, don't do the thing. I can't believe that I killed somebody to just cover just. Death, death everywhere. Right. Planning death, dropping mountains on people. Yes. Yes. Let's let's drop a whole ass mountain on these people. It'll be fine. That's right. They'll be fine. Right. Everything's fine. Right. I fully support that. I was very I was very tickled and I very much enjoyed that. Oh yeah, no, it was great. Is it okay to say that one of my games of the decade is um The Walking Dead? Uh no. I mean, right. I'm, I'm going to say it's okay to say that. Right. It's just that, you know, we acknowledge the fact that Telltale isn't what people thought it was because, again, they lied. But I don't think that changes the experiences that, you know, people had with the games. Right. It's one of the it's one of the things because Clementine is probably my favorite character. Like watching Clementine grow up. And specifically Clementine in the second season of The Walking Dead was a she she is my favorite character for the decade. Like if I had to choose a character that I enjoyed the most out of everything that happened in the decade, it'd be Clementine. So the fact that her adventure is marred in just general <laughs> mismanagement and abuse, just like fuck. Yeah, I'm, I don't think that I don't think it ruins the game, but it does um, pull from enjoyment of further games. Right. That's just kind of how, like, I look at that. It's just, like, because you, you can't you can't change the experience that you had with the game or, like, with a book or with anything. You Like, you can't change your experience, like, the experience you had of that. But you can like still acknowledge that it also it, came off of just horrible workplace. It informs your further purchasing and decisions. Cause I know they released yeah. the, they released the final season of it 
and uh but yeah like i said it informed my ability to play that i would like to play that and i am i guess but further telltale stuff my decision is informed but clementine is my favorite character of the past decade watched her grow up in what is the most mind-numbingly depressing world ever created that we've been hanging around in for a decade across several mediums yup once i learned that everyone who dies becomes a zombie like in season one of the walking dead tv show i was like oh they can't keep doing this then that's 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 a that's a big reveal there's no way there's gonna be there's no way they're gonna navigate this this is just gonna have to become one big soap opera and it's it, who's it, gonna, it literally is one big soap one opera. big soap opera now and i'm just like oh wow that's they did this for 10 years <laughs> they ten did it for 10 years like i just can't first off like i genuinely dislike like just have a genuine dislike of most of the characters <laughs> um so i never could get like even it was easier in the comics because characters were nicer hmm. or they were terrible like like he had no problem killing off his nice characters right so he's like this character is nice now they're a zombie <laughs> they're just dead you just watch their throat just get ripped out it's fine <laughs> so it was it it was just okay like it was it was fine and I didn't feel, and they didn't, they didn't, in, in the show, they kept terrible characters around longer than they should have, off of, but they're also trying to do a pretense of this character is good when actually that per, that character is a terrible human being. Right. And I'm like, no, this person is absolutely horrible. And so characters I liked in the comics, I absolutely hated in the show. And I'm like, why are they still alive? They're like three seasons, they're three seasons alive too long. Please kill them now. I also need Rick to die. I I abhor Rick. I, but again, this is why I don't watch it. Right. Because it makes the characters make my eyes twitch. Yeah. I I think I've watched two seasons of the three seasons of the TV show and I read a chunk of the comic and I just didn't understand how this is all a thing so long. And the only thing, the only character in The Walking Dead I like is Clementine. The only character I've ever liked and cared about the day-to-day. Because usually characters come and go, and it's like, even if I don't hear about what happened to them, I don't care. So there's a general apathy towards that whole thing. Except Clementine, who I needed to know what happened to her all the time. Which is why she's my favorite character of the decade. So, problematic... Problematic. I have to finish The Walking Dead, though. I have to finally suck it up, finish the last season. Um, Nier Automata! Nier Automata is um, also... Um, Shout-outs to uh, Aaron Bapp, Black Astronaut Podcast host, for demanding that I play the game for a year. The year before it even came out on Xbox. He was freaking out about the game. And then when I played it, he was freaking out while I played it. And then he was like, Bacon's going to like this. So then I swore to him. We were in an icy field by ourselves one morning. A frozen lake. And he said to me, 
do not tell Bacon any details of Nier Automata. Bacon is to discover every single detail of this game on their own. And me, I had played the game about 87 hours. And I was like, we should talk about the game on the show. I was thinking about, we should talk about the game on the show. And then Aaron swore to me on this frozen lake one cold <laughs> winter morning that I never spoil any detail of this game until you start playing it. And um, I haven't. You just started playing it. And um, yes, I still have not. But it is definitely one of my favorite games. And it actually opened up the rest of my ability to play JRPGs in Japanese. I actually did not like JRPGs or even Japanese games for a long time when I was in my, my mid-20s. I did. I just swore off of them. I just didn't enjoy the RPGs or the, or the wild games. And this popped it all open for me. How, which, is just it's, which is absolutely hysterical to me, considering the fact that I live off of JRPGs. Right. Um, that you, that, and Monster Hunter World, which is... Oh, of- Monster Hunter World! That was... Oh, I'm... I'm proud of myself for talking people into that game. That game is amazing. It is so much fun. It is the one of the greatest games I've ever played. One of the densest games I've ever played. Easily the most Japanese game I had played to that point. But also, it was so unique of an experience that when I returned to it, like I didn't, I played it for a six months solidly. And then when I would return to it, because of the Iceborne expansion, I would like, try it. And I'd be sitting there, I was like, what the fuck was I doing 1v1ing these dinosaurs out here with this fucking samurai sword? Like, what the fuck was I even doing for 800 hours? Like, and then, you know, I'm just sitting there playing and just looking at the wildlife. And I was like, I used to know what all the wildlife did and what all the, and where everything was and how to hunt monsters and where they slept and where they ate and how to fight them and how to capture them alive and how to make them fight each other. And I was like, what the fuck <laughs> was I doing? just fighting some like metallic wind tornado dragon on the top of some volcanic island off the coast of where the game takes place. I'm like, what? what? Listen, the outfit game alone in Monster Hunter World is just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. It was Man, just... You got to look so good in that game. Like I'm a, I judge people who look like trash, who don't have their pieces, like just fitting together. Well, that's just a general rule. If you can make your character look right, either you look right or you're nowhere. That's that's just a general rule. You have to look right. You have to spend the time. It's like getting ready for work. You just throw on any shirt? No. Yes. No, you don't. You think about what you're wearing. You don't just throw on any clothing. I do. No, you don't. I do. I don't believe you. I really do. You just wear anything. Get dressed in the dark, walk out the house. I've done that, yes. The, the the key to that is making sure that all of your clothing, you're okay doing that in. I see. So then that's my point. You're just being fussy. No. If you, what? If you only have good clothes, but, when you roll out of bed in the morning, you can put on whatever and be fine. Well, then you would have already spent... Then you would have already spent the time getting your getting your clothing together already. You would have already done that already. So you would have done what I did to the point where everything you wear is vetted. To the point everything where you is go vetted, out looking roll like out a of bed, go to work. 
That's my point. Your face is the point. Last game, Bacon, obviously. Dragon Age Inquisition! Yes. We have one more game, but it's fine. We'll talk Dragon Age Inquisition. Well, we can do another game if you... Well, I mean, we have to do another game. I mean, but like, we're like, at this point, we are like the spokespeople for this game. But first off, Dragon Age Inquisition, because my God! I love Dragon Age. High, like, Dragon Age Inquisition brought high fantasy to the masses. It did. People who had no interest in high fantasy saw all these other niggas going, ah! And then were like, this game looks cool. It did. And we all had to explain to everybody that it's okay to leave the Highlands. Oh, yeah, that was a thing. Yeah, I, I had read that in bold print on the odd threads and odd tweets and stuff. And I, was, I didn't understand what it meant until I started playing it. And I was like, oh, I see. I remember I had um, was wandering around the hinterlands. It was this huge area where you need to return back several times at various stages of your development. And I was sitting there wandering around for hours. And then I like, turned the corner and there was like an empty field with no cover and a dragon sitting there. And it wasn't even sleep. It was just looking at me. It was just sitting there with his legs crossed. Oh, yeah, that giant ass nigga. I was like, hey, man, good afternoon. Can I help you? What do you need? I was like, I need to leave the hinterlands, like the internet said, and um, thank you for reminding me. <laughs> I'll get going. <laughs> I'll be going. <laughs> I'll like, be going. This is, I'm not, I am not ready for this smoke mm -mm. yet, quite literally. Literally not ready for this smoke. No. No, we are not. It's it's okay. I don't need to actually be here. That was, that was a funny thing, is people going like, I have spent 80 hours in the hinterlands. And I'm like, you know you can leave. What? Or they're like, how do you continue the story? You leave. You have to leave to continue the story, which is which is just it was just a really funny thing because I there were a lot of people who, like I said, weren't familiar with RPGs and their first like real RPG was Dragon Age Inquisition. Right. And then there was falling. Like falling into feelings with Solus. I don't know. Is it been is it time to discuss? That's another thing. Is it one of the reasons I never bring up Dragon Age is because I don't know if it's a good time to talk about the ending of Dragon Age. It is it. I don't know because the ending of Dragon Age is so good. Like the real ending, like after all the DLCs, the actual proper ending to the narrative as it relates to the rest of the Dragon Age world. It's so good. Is so good it that I so don't good. ever talk about it because I even years later, if anyone right now were to hear this episode and to buy dragon age inquisition i wouldn't want to have spoiled the ending for them so i never know when is a good time but it's been years it's been like four or five years since i played dragon age right and i still don't want to talk about the ending right because it is like and and the ending is very personal and it's very different for everybody because the ending does like depend on your choices that you've made right so like like the the very ending is both a is a thank you is a goodbye and a to be continued all right i think spoiler alert spoiler alert spoiler alert
even after the alert, we will give you 10 more seconds to really think closely about your decision. There's been a whole alert, but now we're just going to have an intimate because warning signals like we, we get a lot of noise during the day. So a warning signal we gloss, we gloss over sirens, alarms, our own alarm. We sleep through that shit. Fuck alarms. This is a personal inquiry. Are you sure you want to hear this discussion? It's going to be a short one about the end of a game you may or may not have played. Think about it. Okay. As a black person, I love the ending of Dragon Age more than a little bit. No matter what the and no matter what the specific um twist and turns of your your decisions brought, the fact that um an elf was like we used to be magic, but now we're slaves. So I'm going to roll back time until to the point where we were not slaves. I don't care what it does to this time period. We were once magic. We are now slaves. This ain't right, y'all. I'm going to fix it. As a black person, if a black person, if a wizard emerged and was like, we're rolling this back. Like if one of like if the whole was right, if we were actually kings and queens. We actually had powers and we communed with the aliens and brought about the pyramids and none of the no one had periods or whatever the fuck the hoteps say. If all that was true and we could roll it back and some wizard was like, listen, we're rolling it back. We're going to fuck up this time period and lots of other people. I couldn't say I'd be like, I'd be like, there should be some intrepid group of adventurers that are not black that will stop you. And if they stop you, then good for them. But I cannot in my heart say that your mission, like even I was not an elf in the game, but I was like, I was like, when he said it, I was like, I don't, I mean, I'll have to stop you, but I see you though. I see right. you. Like I, even, even if you are an elf and you're a close friend, you, you kind of have like this really strong, like conversation with them about like how you're like, Yes, we understand, but this also isn't right. You're going to be destroying our existing people. Right. Like, you can't... Everything we have gained, everything we're, we've overcome, like, you're going to get... You're going to destroy that as well. Like, is the cost worth what you're doing? Right. And it's kind of like a really good heart to heart conversation. And it, it, depending on your relationship with them and how you decide to take the conversation and how you go, it really does turn into a, I see you. I love you. You're my friend. We will figure this out together, even though you don't realize that. Right. And even he's like, I'm sorry. I have to do this. I care for you. I must do this. And you're just like, you foolish, foolish, foolish man. I just want to hug you. We had a, um, we had a, um, we had a gentle person's agreement. He was like, I will give you a chance to stop me. Good luck. <laughs> and I was like, I will give you a chance to stop me. Um, I understand what you've been doing and I've got to do a different thing. And you, I will give you a chance to stop me, which is just a badass exit. And then Bioware proceeded to make us all worry about the sanctity of Dragon Age over the next four or five years. 
But to end Dragon Age Inquisition with that, just that gent, that that handshake agreement that you're gonna have, I'll let you stop me. I'll let you give you a chance to stop me. But good luck with that, because he had done frozen all the frozen frozen time. <laughs> it's like, listen, guys, stop you. Let's talk, <laughs> which is terrifying. <laughs> Everybody, stop you. All right, that ends our spoiler. Um, we might come back to talk about Dragon Age if and when the sequel is announced so that we can get more people on it and ensure that people have properly played Dragon Age Inquisition. Please play Dragon Age Inquisition. It is such an amazing game. It's important that you play Dragon Age. And I'm going to have to say my, my, my game of the decade right now, like my number one, my personal top is going to just be Final Fantasy XIV. Just in general, like not even just this last expansion, just... Final Fantasy fourteen because I have been playing it for like four years now. I think I've been playing it for four. I've been playing it since the first expansion, um, and it's just not only does it not only is it consistently good, but a lot of in a lot of MMOs they'll they'll add story they'll add narrative but the narrative doesn't actually really matter like there is narrative but you're you don't have to do the narrative whereas in final fantasy 14 the game forces you to do the narrative like you have to read somebody's hard work right <laughs> like you like you have to forcibly skip our hard work but we will make you go through it regardless and they can they can they don't just put out more expansions they con they consistently put more money into the game so the game gets actually gets better with each expansion with with each patch that comes out they do something more where clearly they had to spend money like more money to put into the game like they are heavily invested into this game and in making this game great which is just something i haven't seen from any mmo right um i haven't seen this level of care with this mmo and it just the themes just keep getting better the music keeps getting better they con they consistently reference old content and they make old content relevant right it's infinitely replayable like if you have one character leveled up you can there's there's so much stuff you can do while at the same time however much time you feel like putting into the game you get that time back like that like the game respects whatever level of time you put into it and it's just a really ingenious thing that they've done and like i keep mentioning like like everyone thought that the heavens word expansion which is literally um it's a civil war on top of a war with dragons with a city being led by um an evil an evil bishop an evil archbishop right like it tackles like politics religion and politics war uh, classism like the the story is just unbelievable and the fact like so like heaven's word is considered like the peak narrative of final fantasy 14 and then Shadowbringers came out and just blew it out the water 
Right. It, it's just every time I think the game can't get better, something happens and the game gets better. Right. And they're they're constantly trying to improve the quality of life in it. Right. Also, I'm not going to lie. I do obsessively love the audience. I love the con. I love I love I love the community around it. I don't play Final Fantasy 14. I watch you play Final Fantasy 14 and several other streamers watch them play Final Fantasy 14. I love those announcement broadcastings cuz it seems as though the developers are all in on their own game. Like they oh, yeah. enjoy they're enjoying doing this. And it's very rare you see developers really really having a ball. They are they are they're nerding out on their own shit and it just invites everyone else to go headlong into it too and it's just a it's the most joyful community to observe like i would want to go to a final fantasy 14 thing just like with you obviously just just lead the way don't let them find out that i don't play i don't know what's gonna happen to me but (laughs) i just would like to just just soak in the joy because it's like the developers are so happy to be doing this. Then it then gives everyone else the green light to be happy to be doing it. So there's just a, it's just it aside aside from being the you know the games of the decade, it just has the community of the decade. Right. It's just I just love everything about it. Mm-hmm. And t- today um, I was playing Final Fantasy 14 with. Uh, my best friend and with Justin and we had um, we were helping Bap out with his because Bap's all in. Bap is all in. Justin and I successfully got Aaron Bap all in from the uh, Black Astronauts and we are working on trying to get Karen in now that uh, <laughs> the Maros have a PS4. We're working on it. It happened slowly. I'm going to, and that, when it comes out on Xbox, there's more people <clears throat> that I'm going to try and work and getting into this game. Y'all need to play this game with me. It's so good. It's uh, coming out on uh, Xbox. It's going to be on Game Pass. So I'm going to have to download it because I really just don't want to get kicked all in the chest, really. Like, this is, that's a level of harassment I'm not emotionally ready for. Um, I don't really need bacon knocking on all my windows all the time or knocking on my door or throwing weighted pillows on me. Um, I literally up threatened to buy him a three month subscription. Right. Um, we don't need that. I will just, um, I will just do the thing. Um, so you will probably get me this year, but with that said, obviously final fantasy 14 is the last game we'll leave you with. Um, feel free to let us know if we've missed anything we are heavily open and because time is a trilinear circle shaped like a chicken i probably missed something i already know i missed something i play games all the time i don't stop playing games i literally can't remember what games i played three years ago right that's it like there are things that even come to mind now like we were talking about um what became what remains of edith finch the world's saddest game. So sad, I can't recommend it, but one of the best games I've ever played, but also one of the saddest games I've ever played. But if you've ever suffered from actual, tangible, terrible depression, I never recommend it, even though it's really one of the most amazing representations of depression you'll ever see in anything. As a result, you cannot go anywhere near it because it will bother you deeply. Game of the decade. <laughs> Things like that. Right, and then there's Tales of Berseria, which is like the most depressing Tales game, and they get pretty depressing, but that one tops the cake. Vesperia? Really? 
Berseria. Oh, Berseria. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Like, it literally starts off with a person being betrayed by someone she thinks is her family, and she ends up in a dungeon and turns half demon. Ooh. Yeah, that's... Like I said, we miss plenty of games, so... Right. <laughs> if there's anything, uh, you can uh, tweet at Bacon. Uh, Bacon, what is your Twitter handle? Uh, B4C0N... Z-I-L-L-A, Baconzilla. Right. B4C0N, Zilla, ladies and gentlemen. You don't say it. You got to say it with your chest. You put the numbers instead of the letters. Now you have to live with that decision confidently. Well, no, it's because I can never, because of the zero, I get confused if I said zero or Z. Right. So between the zero and the Z, I'm just like, wait, did I say it right? That's right. So I never know. That Twitter handle, ladies and gentlemen, is B4C0NZilla. Z-I-L-L-A. Speak to Bacon. Remind them of games they might have missed. I am A-N-S Freeman. That's A-N-S Freeman. If you want to tell me about any games I might have missed, I will disregard any and all sports games except for Tecmo Super NBA Basketball because it had the most ridiculous score ever made. Um, ever made for anything. Other than that, we will never talk about another basketball game ever made. Never talk about another sports game. That's off the list. Is there anything you want to add? Because we are ending the program. Um, I mean, there's been also a slew of fighting games, but I lose track of all the numbers. Yes. Um, again, on that list of games that were better because other games stopped fucking around would be like Soul Calibur. Soul, Soul Cali Calibur! Soul Calibur 5 had a royal misstep. Remember when they replaced 80% of their roster with anime tropes for Soul Calibur 5? The, the worst part is, is I know I own that game, but I don't remember that game. Right, because they replaced like, all of the memorable characters with anime tropes. Of, it's like my brain blocked out the entire game. As you should, because there was nothing memorable about Soul Calibur V. Like, and, I literally thought Soul Calibur V was Soul Calibur IV because I didn't remember V. Right, yes. Soul Calibur IV is infinitely more relevant right up until when you play Soul Calibur VI because Soul Calibur V did this weird thing. I remember the director said, he said, the audience needs a change. That is categorically untrue. And you can always argue this point. Repeat this point. All fighting games require no narrative motion. You can have someone's grandfather fighting alongside their father, fighting alongside them, fighting with their babies. It doesn't matter how old these people are. It doesn't matter the narrative reason why they're all fighting together. You need only a loose explanation as to why they are all fighting together within the same generation. It doesn't matter. You do not need to move characters. You only add characters. Remember, you do not need to move characters. You can add characters. If you want to be courteous, you can say the characters were dead and brought back to life because of a wizard like Mortal Kombat. Or you can just have characters just be the fuck there like Tekken. Why is Heihachi there? Because the spirit of the devil... And he's 140 fucking seven years old, going strong. Fit as a motherfucking fiddle. No fighting him characters ever need to be removed for any reason. If anyone wants to argue, have them at me. I will fight all of them. We need to have all the characters. Let's follow Smash Brothers. Over 50 characters. All the characters should always exist in every game. Except for Wario. Why Wario? Why can't Wario be here? I don't know. Wario's just not there. 
Is he not there? What happened? Oh, they find out. They find his. They find some racist tweets or something. Why is he not there? Is he like? Know. Is he a racist or something? He might be. Say something. He probably, he probably tweeted something about about immigrants twelve years ago. I fucked it up. Oh well. Sorry, Wario. You gotta, you know, gotta get it back on there. Gotta grow. Apologize. Grow as a person. Grow Moving. like Petey Piranha. What? Grow like Petey Piranha. Grow like Petey Piranha. See you guys next week. Welcome to Astromart. Today, there's a 35% sale on all freshly baked bread. Please inquire in the baked goods section. Marcella, please report to customer service. Code 22. Thank you for shopping at Astromart where the savings are out of this world.